What's up, guys? Welcome into a week 18 edition of Chargers Weekly alongside Matt Muddy Smith, Chris Avery here with you. Money, Raiders, Chargers, Vegas, winner goes to playoffs. What more yeah. do you need to say, man? I mean, how about it? The uh, the Chargers and the Raiders going to play two primetime games, a Monday night and a Sunday night. That's how big it is uh, and how big of a deal this one is. It's the last game of the regular season, and it is the only one that is a win and you are in, lose, and you are not. And it's the two teams that hate each other more than any other teams in the league, two fan bases that hate each other more than any other fan bases in the league, and it's going to be awesome. It is going to be absolutely awesome, and I cannot wait to get into Allegiant Stadium on Sunday night. And having seen a lot of those Raider home games and having been on the road and, and seen a, a nice chunk of Charger fans in Houston in Washington, in Denver, and all these places that we've gone, I think we're going to have a nice EPL, Premier League-style swath of powder blue inside of the – I just think when the chart when the Raiders were 6-7 and seven and, and it wasn't looking good, they went through that 1-5 and five stretch, I could totally see a bunch of Charger fans scooping up tickets, and we're going to get a healthy little, uh, little sliver of Charger fans out there, and it's going to make that place electric. It's going to be great. It's going to be so electric, and we got a jam-packed show. We're going to talk to Sean Merriman. We're going to talk to Jack Collinsworth of NBC Sports, and we're going to talk to Steve Weish of NFL Network. So three great guests. Uh, before we get into a money, just let's rewind a little bit to, to the Broncos game. It was a get-right game for the Chargers yeah. in all three phases. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's what they needed because it was a, a pretty crushing loss in, in Houston in all three phases. You know, for the most, I shouldn't say all three phases. Special teams was fine. Yeah. But, you know, offense, defense was not. So I think, you know, you, you want to have some momentum and not just get a win. And I've said that this year is that there's no such thing as, as winning, a, or I should say there's no such thing as style points. You know, wins have just been weird and hard to come by for so many teams this year. Just get the win. But I do think, in this particular case, because of how the Houston game played out, that this was a, look, they got Drew Locke out there. They're missing, you know, guys like Bradley Chubb, and a lot of their defense is gone. You know, the, the Chargers got everybody back. Go out there and, and you know, put a whooping on them. And it was good to see. It was good to see the, the defense get after it. It was great to see the offense light up the scoreboard. You know, a nice fourth down conversion that led to a touchdown. Like, there was a lot of good that came out of that game. Yeah, you know, the Andre Roberts 101-yard awesome. kickoff return, which was awesome. And he said, too, getting guys back from that COVID list on special teams, that, that makes a world of difference as yeah. well. Um, Hopkins kicking the ball well. And, you know, I look at the defense, and we're finally starting to see them healthy, right? Asante Samuel Jr., his first game back was Houston. So he's got a couple games under his belt now. Finally see Darwin out there. Darwin just makes a world of difference, man. Incredible. It's 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 incredible the way he plays. If you haven't seen the mic'd up, watch the mic'd up. I mean, if if you don't want to run through a brick wall after after seeing how he leads the team, he, he's telling every single person on the team he loves them. I love you, bro. Multiple times, multiple times throughout the game, throughout the game, man. And he's he's amping people up. Justin Jones is like, amp me up 33, amp me up 33. That's what they were missing. And we, we didn't see it in the Kansas City game because he wasn't right. Um, we didn't see it in the Giants game. They didn't need him. Um, they certainly needed him in Houston. And they needed a lot of those guys uh, in Houston money. And it, it almost made me feel a, a little bit better about what happened on the 26th when I saw Mike Williams' 45-yard touchdown, what Durham was able to do, getting all these guys back healthy. Um, you know what the potential is of this team. And, and can they just – have that maximum potential show up Sunday night at Allegiant Stadium. Yeah, I'll tell you, like, uh, this is this is something that was probably overlooked, and, and understandably, like you said, you get Eckler back, he gets a touchdown. You get Mike Williams back, there's your shot play for a touchdown. You get Joey Bosa back, he's in the backfield. He makes that huge play on the Philly special to stop Drew Locke from getting into the end zone. So I know this was overlooked because not a lot of people talked about it, but to me, it is a huge deal. Trey Pipkins played fantastic. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people knew that he started at right tackle because Storm was activated, but they just opted to put Pipkins out there. And like what that tells me is, yeah, Houston was a disaster. And, and, but there were so many guys out on that field that we did not expect to see out on that field. In this game, when they had to fill a hole at right tackle, 
it was filled and the defense was whole and Derwin was everywhere. So I just want to make sure I tip a cap to a guy that's taken a ton of incoming um, for not for probably not being part of this team once his rookie deal expires. You know, when there was some excitement about his upside, you know, he just needed time to develop that all the traits were there. And maybe this coaching staff with those traits is able to, to build a heck of a right tackle out of Trey Pipkins. And if that's the case, fantastic moving forward you get your depth with Trey and Storm you know moving forward you know because I don't know what Balaga is going to look like moving forward I think after missing the entire season I, I can't imagine him coming back so that out of the way the second thing I'll bring up with with your listen to the mic'd up on on Derwin James is you need to have in games like this against the Raiders and a game like that against the Broncos where you had to have it you need someone that won't let you lose you, yeah. you have to find that play. Hey, this guy is not going to let us lose this game that like there's just it's it's not an option for him. And and he will do everything in his power to make sure that you're on your P's and Q's and he is and that they don't lose a game they're supposed to win. And man, having him out there, especially with news that Darren Waller's back at practice and might be back like that is you it's you can't. Like you can't oversell it, how important it is having him out on that field because he's truly the one guy. Now, Justin Herbert's the one that's going to make the most impact of anyone on the field in terms of touching the ball every single time they're on offense. But, man, Derwin's a close second. And I, the confidence level I have in this team, uh, it's probably a three to 400% multiplier when that guy's out there. <laughs> There's no question about it. And, Muddy, before we get into to all of our guests, I just want to say this, the, the Chargers-Raiders rivalry is back. And the, the fact that there are so many former Chargers on the other side, the, the, it just makes it even juicier, right? Denzel Perryman and Casey Hayward yeah. and Gus Bradley. Phylon, Bradley. Phylon, yeah. Square, Teamer, Faison. I, I mean, yeah. so many guys who played on this team last year. Um, and it, it just, it matters again. Like, like the... The Sean Merriman, Nick Hardwick uh, era, they just they bulldozed the Raiders yeah. every time they played them. This one matters. They're both above 500, and it's for a playoff spot. We haven't seen this out of this rivalry in almost four decades. Yeah, and look, the the Chargers were en route to a boat race when they met on Monday Night Football, right? It was 21 nothing in the first half, and then it got a little shaky there in the third quarter, you know? And that's where I think, you know, a little bit of that – unease comes in with with Charger fans or people around the Chargers like hey let's not forget you, you probably should have put this team away with like a 35 to 7 or a 42 to 7 style route and it just got shaky in the in the third quarter you know and and that's I think it's important to remember that I think that's probably better for them than saying yeah, whatever with the Raiders you know they won these last three games with seven turnovers against teams that were totally decimated by COVID every step of the way or by injury you know the Cleveland game was a farce you know and then the 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 Broncos game there's no Teddy Bridgewater a lot of their defense is banged up and then they get a Colts team that clearly Carson Wentz just did not look right now I'm not trying to take away those three wins from them they won you got to win the game look both the the Texans were worse off from COVID you can make a case than the Chargers were and the Chargers still lost that game so I'm not taking anything away from that but I think you can I think you can kind of talk away the, the Raiders' success if you wanted to. Um, but because these two teams already met once this year, when they were both pretty much full strength, and we know that that it could have been a Chargers route and it wasn't because the Raiders, you know, they're fighters. They, they do not go away. They're cockroaches, man. They're, they're hard to kill. So, you know, I, I think that's good for this team to remember, to kind of have that seed planted of, of how that Monday nighter went in week, I think it was week five. So much to break down on this one. Sean Merriman, Jack Collinsworth, but first, NFL Network, Steve Weish. All right, before we get to Steve, a quick note to let you know that Pepsi, they're passing out the ultimate Chargers fan experience only at 7-Eleven. Rush in, scan the code for your chance to win some awesome Chargers prizes. Bolt up with Pepsi. No purchase necessary, must be 18 years or older. Sponsor is PepsiCo. For official rules, visit boltupla.com slash 7-Eleven. Also want to tell you guys about Picks for Popeyes. Every Chargers game this season, when the Bolts defense gets an interception, show the game recap email to your local Popeyes to get a free chicken sandwich when you purchase a chicken sandwich at regular menu price. 
All right, buddy, let's bring him in, your NFL Network teammate, the great Steve Weish. And Steve, I immediately think of you when I think of big games, man. We wanted to have you on. Chargers Raiders, last game of the regular season in week 18 for a playoff spot, my friend. Ooh, we got some hot sauce on this money. This is like this is like the jerk seasoning on top of some nice jerk chicken. I mean, last game, I mean, look, last game of the regular season, two teams that really just love each other. I mean, they're just, you know, so you know, they just they just they wrap their arms around each other and embrace all the love between the two franchises. I mean, and win it in. I mean, what a great scenario for two teams. Um you know, different points of the season. We didn't think the, the Raiders would even have a shot. We thought the Chargers were going to roll right into this. And now they're at this point. I, I love it. I mean, talk about drama. We're here. Steve, what would you say, uh, as you're based out here on the West Coast, you've covered a ton of Charger games, ton of Raider games this year. Um, do you feel like you have a beat on one of these teams better than the other? I can't figure out the three wins in a row for the Raiders when they turn the ball over seven times and have zero takeaways. And I can't right. figure out the Chargers losing to the Texans. Like It's hard to figure these two teams out. The Chargers drive me crazy. Um, just in terms of, I look at the talent, I look at the coaching. And, you know, I think, frankly, they should be in contention to be winning the division. I mean, I, I know how it is, but I mean, you know, you look at some of the games they lost, you know, like, oh, you know, are they going to be able to graduate to that next step? And that's what you're saying in this game. Like, if they don't win this game, like, to me, there's no reason that they don't win this game, right? And, and they don't win it. You're just saying to yourself, like, man, what is it going to take for this team to get through? I, I mean, is it, is it the clutch, the clutch mental moment? You know, we talk every year, you know, every other team is like, oh, they're close. They're close. They're going to get there next year. Tomorrow is not promised. Ask the Cleveland Browns that right now. Yeah. Right. You think you're right there. If you don't take advantage of the moment, it may never come back. And, and that's how I feel about the Chargers. Like, if they get through, if they make the playoffs, why can't they come out of the AFC? I mean, they're, they're, tell me where the weakness is personnel wise. Tell me the weakness is coaching wise. You know, other than a lack of experience in the big moment, I don't see it. And then we look at the Raiders, you're like, Everything that's happened to them, they have bucked every analytic. They have bucked every common sense thing, right? The John Gruden situation, everything that w went on with Damon Arnett and Henry Ruggs. This team should not be here. Like you just mentioned, Money, seven giveaways, zero takeaways, and they've won three straight. Now, the, the thing is, it, it comes down to this. If the Raiders can bog you down, right, like they did yeah. with the Colts last week. All right, and I, I'm, not, I'm not even counting their previous two wins because they played a, a Browns team with uh, Mullins at quarterback, you know, their fourth quarterback. You know, they came back and played Drew Locke against the Broncos, and, and they managed to, to grind those games out. But if they can muck this game up and get you in the final five minutes where they're within a one possession, this is not the type of game the Chargers want to be in because somehow Derek Carr um, and this team has managed to make the plays down the stretch to win. You know, Steve, you mentioned the Chargers getting over the hump, and I just I go back a few weeks ago, that Thursday night game against the Chiefs. If they win that game, they're in first place in the West, and then you go to Houston knowing that you 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 went out, you're going to have a, a home game in, in the playoffs. It took like one or two plays in that game to kind of flip it. Um, we're seeing them get healthy now. Obviously, I don't put a ton of stock in how they beat the Broncos, but Drew Lack, a quarterback, and, and the injuries and, and the COVID issues that the Broncos had. But I just feel like when this defense specifically, when Derwin James is on the football field, Correct. that defense is different. And, and I don't know if you saw his mic'd up, but I almost feel like it's impossible for them to lose when he is playing the way he played last Sunday. Yeah, I mean, you would think so. Again, because – you know, you look at some teams and there's a piece. You know, we know we know Derwin is that star, that chess piece, right, where they can move free, strong, outside linebacker tendencies in the slot, different things like that. And that makes other players – you can design your defense, right, differently with the other 10. And, and so you say that – again, you look at the Raiders and you say that, like, who's their threat? Okay, now, I right. will say this. They might be getting Darren Waller back. If they get Darren Waller back, yeah. All right, guys, you know, we know what he is. He is a wide receiver and a tight end's body and a tight end playing wide receiver. You have got to change what you do schematically if he is on the field. And that can open up some things for the Raiders offense. You know, and, and that's that's a big, that's a big situation right there if Waller comes back. But, you know, again, who else on that Raiders team really scares you? 
I mean, I know Josh Jacobs, but he hasn't popped one, right? He's a, he's kind of now this season been yeah. like a three-yard and a cloud of dust guy. Steve, Dur- Derwin mentioned Renfro and the way that Renfro's yeah. been specifically since Thanksgiving. Um, he said that that's the guy that they're really going to have to account for in the slot. They have to. Yeah, They have to because you see what teams try to do to him. They roll everything towards him. They double him, whatever. He's like Cooper Cup. He's open. Yeah, you're, not seeing, you, you're not seeing him making contested grabs over people. He's open. So he's got something going with Carr right now where you might even have to say, okay, if we can limit Renfro from having the big play, right? If you can keep him to that nine yards, you know, keep everything underneath, which the Chargers do well. They don't allow a lot of a ton of explosives, right? So if you do that and you somehow limit the explosives with Waller, you've got a shot. You got a shot only if you put points on the board. And and that's and that's where the Chargers are like. Like every time I see Austin Eckler, he's getting to the end zone, but then something's like, how come you guys aren't putting 30 up like every game? Cause the capability is there. Yeah. Steve would love to know, uh, do you put, do you put stock into the Justin Herbert primetime numbers? The, the fact that I think outside of Aaron Rodgers and, and Patrick Mahomes, you know, he said, this will be a sixth primetime game. And the numbers are crazy. It's like 14 touchdowns. Uh, I think maybe one pick and and a, a rating of like 125. Like, do you think there's something to that when you see those numbers for these big games? If it were if it were the NBA or something, I'd put more into it because you've only got four other people to account for, and one player can you can say, look, these people rise up like this, and he may rise up to these occasions. Is everybody else going to going to come along with him again? These are the moments. This is a, this is a big game. There, there's a there's prime time games, right? And then there are moments. And this is the moment. This is where, okay, this dude, this, this is kind of where he can make his bread. If he, if he wins this game and he plays well in this game, then Justin Herbert, that top five talk is, is legit. He got his team into the playoffs under these types of circumstances. So I, I do put some stock into the fact that some, people, some players play well. I mean, I, I go back to college and I look at the big games and I'm like, this guy's the best player on the field. Like, so – you know, I, I look at that. There, there's some guys who just have something about them in that moment. So for him personally, yes, I, I, I do put stock into it. Now you've got 10 other guys who are on the field with them. Are they going to rise up? Because that's what matters most in a game like this. Steve, you covered the league for a long time. How great is this for the NFL to have the Chargers and Raiders both good? Week four, Monday Night Football, that was the first game since 2002 that both teams entered the game above 500. This will be the second time. And we talk about all these storylines, former Chargers on the Raiders, and um, the way that week four ended with uh, Bosa and and Derek Carr. I, I mean, how good is this for the NFL? It's huge. Look, I mean, no slight to the Chargers, but we all know that that silver and black brand is 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 significant, you know, in terms of in terms of national and international appeal. And then if the Chargers can do something to elevate themselves, we've seen. I, I mean, look, I go back, you know, to the Super Bowl to the to the Stan Humphrey Super right. Bowl run. I mean, the way people jumped on the on the Chargers bandwagon when you had Natron Means and Alfred Papunu and all those guys. So you know, then then the LT years. It's just been so sporadic, you know, and them not being able to get past the Colts and the Patriots. So to have both of these teams in a moment like this where they've had to overcome so much, I think it's huge. I think it's absolutely huge. And also to have two West Coast teams duking it out like this. I mean, because, again, the majority of of the NFL fan base, I think, is Midwest and and East Coast centric. So to be able to do this in in prime time with so much, uh, you know, on the line, I think is is just great for the league. That's why they, that's why they moved the game to yeah. where they moved it. They understand that. It was a no brainer, Steve. I know it's the you know we're doing Chargers. It's a Chargers podcast, and I don't think anybody wants to hear too much Raider talk. But I I am interested. I don't know why I'm so fascinated by Derek Carr, and and I can't. It's hard for me to figure out how I feel about him. It's just it, there's something I don't I can't describe it. Like I don't know by all accounts he seems like a great guy, high character, someone that everybody should be rooting for, but I just can't put my finger on it and it feels like a lot of people feel that way as well. And I don't know if it's the, the turnovers, if it's the throwing the ball away on fourth down, if it's things like that, but how big is this for him? Like he is, you can make a case. He's the most polarizing quarterback in the NFL as to whether or not he's good or not. If they should keep him 
or not. Do you think this maybe dictates his future as a Raider, considering his current salary and contract situation? Well, first off, Bonnie, I think it's his hair. You just wish you could have that Mufasa set of locks that, <laughs> that he's sporting right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's also, I'd, I'd, I'd put him probably number four on the most polarizing. I think Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield yeah. and, and probably Matt Ryan uh, and maybe Kirk Cousins fit into those boxes as well. But with Derek, it's funny because – like those teams I just mentioned, a quarterback, half the fan base will make, this is why he's our guy. Like, look at the numbers, look at the numbers. Right. Other people will say, look at the big moments. Where's the signature moment? And I think, you know, Derek, he, he doesn't have those consistent, he, you know, it's, it's like you hear in basketball, there's a guy who can take over a minute, but not take over sequences and Derek has not taken over sequences like we've seen Justin Herbert do right like where he's just rolling rolling you're like okay we're good you know and Derek is is real hot and cold like that man in late games the dude is is like automatic I think he's got 28 fourth quarter 29 29, yeah Yeah. fourth quarter overtime game-winning drives and we've seen him do that lately um they've got three overtime wins this year so I just think you know, he doesn't, he, he's not Aaron Rodgers, right? He's not the dude who's just going to pull a rabbit out of a hat. And you're like, oh my God, there's nothing we could do. Like he, he hasn't had that moment um, basically since he's gotten hurt when he was on that great MVP type run a couple of years ago. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. So you say to yourself, cause I mean, this is the thing with the Raiders, you know, it's, it's so funny. People are like, Hey, if Rich Passaccia, if they win this game, this dude's got to <laughs> get some coach of the year conversation. Well, yeah. if they lose this game, he's going to get fired. Right. And I think that's how people are with Derek. Like if they win this game, okay, this is Derek's moment. If they lose this game, they got to they get rid of him and start all over. And it's such a weird dynamic when you know that Derek Carr is a good player. I mean, just, you know, I, and I'm and not taking away from any of, of Derek's coaches, but can you imagine if he all of a sudden he goes to New Orleans? Tell me one person that's going to say if Derek Carr goes to Sean Payton, he's not going to be, he's not going to think he's going to be a Pro Bowl type player. Yeah. So the talent is there, but like you said, there's just, there's this right here. Like, is he ever going to be the guy to get them going? You d- you just don't know. Steve, we'll get you out of here on this. Knowing what you know about both these teams, how they're currently playing, what do you think is going to decide this one Sunday night? Well, I mean, to me, it, to me, it's, it's just the Chargers getting out early and not letting the, not let the Raiders bog them down. I mean, we, we saw the Colts get out early on, on the Raiders and, and, and then the Raiders bog them down, right? You can't get that 10, nothing lead. Then all of a sudden it's 10, three at halftime yeah. or 13, seven midway through the third quarter. Cause then you're in trouble. You not then the Raiders kind of have you where they want you. And it's, and it's weird because the Raiders make the penalties that they've always, and they, they do the things that they've kind of traditionally right. done, but they find themselves able to just to make you make that one mistake or have that one bad three and out, which gives them a shot. And so I think the Chargers have got to just, if they're going to get up by a touchdown, they got to stay up by a touchdown, extend it to 10, get a takeaway, take away a possession, just not let the Raiders keep it within a one possession game because they just somehow this season, and it's not just the last three games, but this season, when you look at their games, been able to find a way to win those type of ball games. Ah, God, I can't wait. Steve, it's gonna be so great. good. It's, it's gonna, gonna be awesome. so good. It's gonna be so good, man. I, I know yeah. how busy you are. We appreciate you taking a few minutes to chat with us about this game, man. Always, always great, guys. Uptown top rank. That's our man, Steve Weich. <laughs> <laughs> Money. This is Las Vegas's number one resident Raider lover, Sean Merriman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's been having a week now on social Sean, media. Sean's been having already, a week bro. now on social media. It, it's been fun. I, I can't, you know, can't lie about that. Um, but you know, it's look. This is the week to, to for me, you know, just that rivalry that's been around for so so for so long. Now you get a chance to go back and forth, and I'm not playing obviously, but you see the the rabid fans and and how aggressive and. Uh, the back and forth banter that they have all the time. I mean, I, I, I just wish that I was on social media more like this when I was playing because it would it would have been no stopping me then. 
you know, speak to that, Sean, because we know fans get excited, right? Fan bases, they're not the ones that got to put on the pads and get out of the field and, and hit each other and play this game that is so violent and is so hard to do anything against any team, let alone one that's supposedly a rival. But man, it feels like it's different, even for the players. I think about last year, the, the win and the Raiders, you know, when Parham dropped that ball and it was announced, they're doing their little airplane on the Chargers sideline when Herbert's in and overtime, Chargers doing the same thing back. So do these do players, is there a rivalry between these two teams for the players as well? No, I, absolutely. Absolutely. I, listen, outside of it being a division game, I think that we all know that there's a different level of play when you're playing the Raiders. Yeah, you, you know, you you want to see as a player in the locker room, I'm, I'm sure Coach Staley is probably telling this is this is a you know, game that we got to win and treat this like every other game. You should say that in the locker room. But amongst the guys, when you're talking, you know that this is a little different. Right. You know, the guys going to be jumping and diving for that extra inch and guys are going to be finishing off plays. This this week is is different um, than a lot of the others. It really is. And even more so because of the implications. Um, you know, if this is a game and, and, you know, we're in the middle of the season and not much is riding on the line other than, you know, just a, a, a game on Sunday, then it's, it's one thing. But this is a win or go home. Uh, this is uh, who's going to, you know, kind of look, be looked at and control the, you know, outside of Kansas City. Who, who's going to be that, that rivalry, you know, going forward? And it's, 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 it has a lot of implications. Sean, I, I talked to Nick Hardwick yesterday about Raider Week and what it means. And th that's why I think it's so special because it means so much to you guys. It just I don't know if you just talk about the fact that Marty Schottenheimer really ratcheted this thing up when he was the head coach. He did. He did. And, and, and don't get me wrong. I mean, look, I, I went hard against every team, but it was something about Marty where he uh, implemented this idea in us that – this team deserves to be hated just that much more than everybody else. And when I tell you that those week of practices were more physical than we had all season, I mean, we had to, we had to talk guys in not to take each other to the ground on tackles. You know, we were lining up on fourth and goal and if guys wasn't fudding, they were, you know, taking guys to the ground. And so when the temperament is, is that high and that much on the line and you know, you just can't wait to get, to the game because all week you're, you're fired up to go hit somebody else. And what better way to hit and team to hit than the Raiders. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, Sean, because Joey Bosa didn't hold his tongue when he was talking about it after that first game, he's like, Hey, look, we know how this goes. You know, you get the car early and he gets shook and that's just, you know, and, and you don't hear that a lot, but if you could, it's playing, you know, the same position as, as Joey and knowing what it means to get after a quarterback, just kind of speak to what he was trying to convey there in that moment. Well, you know, for one, uh, one thing I've been loving about Joey is he, he's been talking. You know, even, um, you know, when uh, Drew Lockett it, it came out and said yeah. he was tired, he wanted yeah. to go make that big play. And he says, like, that part, I think that, first of all, you know, Joey Bosa, he's a great player. He is. Um, I think that the only thing that I would say about him is I wish he was always a little bit more vocal because he holds so much, uh, so much pull and he has so much respect in that team. So when he talks and he gets vocal, people will listen. It lifts people up. So to actually see him going out and saying these things and, you know, not only because he's a confident player, but he can actually go out and do it. Speaking of vocal, you know, Darwin James, it, it looks like that defense finally is getting healthy and kind of rounding the corner going into week 18. What did you see from the Chargers defense last Sunday that you think can hopefully carry over into this Sunday night? You know, one thing I always said about Derwin and people, it's easy to talk about his physical attributes, what he can do on the field and him, him being, you know, imposing other people. His presence is just, it will disrupt any office. You got to look at where he is. The guy plays four or five different positions. Um, but people don't give him enough credit for him communicating and keeping that defense cohesive. And when you have somebody out there that's constantly talking, talking to guys, getting them lined up. Sometimes you don't hear the play because they may be loud and, and he would physically go and take a guy and get him lined up, make sure that he knows the call so his head is not spinning around before the play. Those type of guys are invaluable. It's invaluable to a defense because you, you in a sense, you have a, you have a coach that's out there and also a guy that can go out and make plays. And there's very few times, you know, sometimes you play with guys that are very vocal, but, you know, they might not be the, the greatest athlete or the greatest player on offense or defense. But when you have someone that can do both, um, that's what makes the you know great players. 
Sean, I'm, uh, I'm pulling it up right now and just getting a look at that that Raiders offensive line that's, that's struggled this year. Can, can you share with, with us and, and the listeners the idea of moving around, finding Waldo? And, you know, when you have someone like Joey Bosa, what kind of challenge is that for you, a pass rusher, when you're asked to maybe line up inside or move to the other side? Are those challenges or how does that work? You, you, as a pass rusher, you, you love it. And I'll tell you why, because, you, you know, Joey is going to get and has been getting so much attention, you know, they're going to slide protection, whatever he is. He's going to make sure they stay away or, or, or cut him off from the backside and make sure he doesn't make any plays. Now, when you start to move him around and put him in different positions, they can no longer come out and say, hey, this guy's going to be lined up on the left. He's going to be lined up on the right. I mean, Joey, you can line up on the inside and he can rush from the guard if he had to. He just has that type of ability. Uh, so to keep him moving around is very smart. And Coming into these games like this, you want to find out where, where Joey Bosa is at every single point because then you force somebody else, you know, some of the other guys to step up, Nuosu and uh, some, you know, coming off the edge. You, you, you want these other guys to step up because if that happens, you know, if you have a, a, another guy on the opposite side that also requires any type of attention that can make the play, when you know Joey's going to, you know, be double teamed or they're going to fan protection, the slot protect to him, you know, it's, it's a game changer. Shaw, we're going to be there in a few days. You're, you've been there, you've, you know, you live there. Yeah. What's, the, what's the buzz right now in, in the city as we get closer to Sunday night? Well, look, whenever I have problems getting tickets, uh, you know that that's a, <laughs> you know, that's, that's a big deal. Um, and, but that's, that's the, you know, kind of the, uh, the feel that's going on out here. I, I don't know a person that's not going to that game. And there's somebody that hasn't been to a, a game all year. Uh, that's finding their way to make it again. And don't be surprised. And I'll say this. Do not be surprised if it's 50-50 out there. I, I'm, I'm not joking. what he said. Be, yeah. You know, I, I'll, I'll tell you, yeah. there's a lot. Living here in Vegas, there's a lot of Chargers fans walking around. Um, you know, you see your silver and black, you're going to have that. But for the most part, you have a lot of Chargers fans walking around here in Vegas. And uh, don't be surprised if you see a 50-50 crowd out there. Now, uh, would love to know, uh, last thing for me here, Sean, we see the lights out, lights out, extreme fighting. Uh, you mentioned Marty would ratchet up the practices for Raider Week for you and watching what you've been doing on social media. What have the workouts been like this week? You're hitting a little harder. You're tackling a little harder. Look, two of these. Look at my, look at my, <laughs> look at my Instagram yesterday and watch the morning workout at, at, at 730 in the morning, then watch the afternoon, the evening workout. I've been hitting two of these this week, but you know, I'm in the spirit, you know, I, I, I yeah. like I, I like when this happens. And, you know, for me, uh, being on this side now, stepping away from the game, you start to understand and feel how fans feel about the game, right? Um, because they obviously they can't go out there and make a big play. They can't tackle anybody, do anything. So the most you can do is go at another team's fans. And that's that's your robbery. That's your that's your game. Um, so, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, I think the Chargers are definitely going to come out on top. I, I, I do believe that the Raiders are going to put up a fight for a quarter or two. Um, but I, I just feel that the way Justin Herbert and these guys are playing as, as a cohesive unit right now, that they're going to overwhelm them before that game is over. Sean, final thing, lights out extreme fighting. What, what's the latest? What do you got cooking right now? You know, the funny part is we were supposed to have a fight this Friday out here, um, and I was going to make it a, 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 a very, very rivalry special for lights out extreme fighting. We couldn't pull it off. We couldn't get the dates in time. Um, but you know, well, all of our fights are still there on football sports, football TV, check us out. Um, and we do have some big announcements coming up and some more dates, um, outside of California as well. And, and, um, some big tournaments we're looking at putting on. There we go. Maybe we can get you in uh, Kansas city or Tennessee or Cincinnati or wherever we are for that first playoff game. We'll set up a lights out on Friday night going there into that go. playoff contest. There you go. <laughs> Make it happen. Sean, we will see you at Allegiant on Sunday, my man. All right. Can't wait. All right, buddy, let's bring in Jack Collinsworth. Jack, when did you find out Chargers Raiders, and did you have an inkling that this would be the destination here in week 18? It's kind of funny because we have all those vans, you know, we're sitting in all the production trucks, and we have our own little sort of corner of the trailer where we have the TVs and we watch all the games on Sunday, and everybody's watching all the different matchups going, well, if this happens, then we're in Cleveland. If that match, if that happens, we're in Vegas. And I got to say, probably the most popular was – a trip to Vegas and, and we got exactly that. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Now look, you've seen uh, both of these teams already this year, just kind of your thoughts, Jack, on what you saw Sunday night football chargers Steelers. I mean, it was an awesome game. Uh, looked like it was going to be a blowout, but it never is with the chargers and just sort of your impressions of where we're at now with this team at nine and seven and, and fighting for a playoff spot with its final contest. I, I don't think 
the future's bright, right? Not many, you don't want to trade places with many other teams, many other quarterback situations. And I'm in Cincinnati right now. We were just talking about that. And I see a whole bunch of parallels between the Bengals and where the Chargers are. And it's a young quarterback and you'll have those multi interception games and, and tough moments. And, and you're going to go up and you're going to go down and it's never going to be the perfect smooth sailing. And it, it's not even that for Tom Brady. Uh, right. But he's, he's a little more consistent. Aaron Rodgers, you get a little more consistency. Just think you hit a little of those learning curves, but there's no quarterback that I would trade for Joe Burrow. And if I were you guys, there'd be no quarterback that I would trade for Justin Herbert. So you just kind of live with it and learn with it and grow with them. Uh, but I think both these guys are ahead of schedule, man. I, I really do. Like, I think the Bengals are going to put together a potential playoff run here and one game away for the Chargers to go do the same. What do you make of the Chargers right now, Jack, this late in the year? Obviously, you know, with these COVID issues, a lot of teams had some difficulties at the end of the year, and the Chargers' difficulty was in Houston uh, right after Christmas, losing that game to the Texans. But appear to be full strength now. Justin Herbert humming, and, you know, we've been talking about Derwin James, all podcasts, and just the impact that he has on the defensive end. He's, he's pretty amazing. Derwin James is pretty amazing. And, and I think you got to saw a little bit of his, his leadership stuff last week, too. I was watching that mic'd up and the relationship that he has with Coach I thought was pretty cool. And I know a bunch of those guys. I know Bosa and you had some Notre Damers there as well. Drew Tranquil, oh, yeah. who was a, basically a strong safety. And he had all kinds of knee injuries, man. At least two or three, like one in high school, maybe two at college. One of them even when he was celebrating. And He's sort of that converted safety, now linebacker, as you see that position evolve. Jerry Tillery's another one. I saw he had a sack last week. I can remember Jerry Tillery coming into Notre Dame when we were there. And the very first practice as an early enrollee, Brian Kelly being like, who the heck is that guy? (laughs) He played a bunch all four years. And so to finally see his career sort of come back around, and I think he's being productive now too, has been very cool for me to watch. But I think this team's got a great offensive line. Austin Eckler is creates that natural leverage. He's one of the hardest backs to bring down anywhere in football that I watch. And then you have two of the best receivers and Mike Williams and Keenan Allen finally getting to see them have a quarterback throw them the football like Justin Herbert's pretty dang exciting. So I think this team's got basically everything and they can go compete with Kansas city. We've already seen that. So if you can go beat them, I don't, I don't think there's any reason to think they can't get out of the AFC if they get hot at the right time. You know what? Just keep running with that, Jack, because you've yeah. seen all these teams, you know, I mean, like when you look at the AFC, do you feel like there's a favorite? Is there a team that you feel has distanced itself when you look at the top? You you still you still feel like Kansas City's probably that that best team. Like any, any given week, if there was I still feel like they're going to be the favorite. Now, Tennessee, if they get Derrick Henry back, that's a physical group. And I, I feel like they always get overlooked a bit. And I don't really know why or how that they get overlooked. But Ryan Tannehill has really been a good quarterback there. And he and he, he knows how to play within that offense. And they play hard for Vrabel. And if they, you know, they're running well without Derrick Henry. So if Derrick Henry comes back, I mean, he, he very well may have gone for 2,000 plus this year. He yeah. was he was on some crazy tear before he got hurt. Uh, and I also think about fresh legs, right? With all these other guys who have played 18 weeks, if he comes back and he's healthy and fresh, that could be a scary sight. So that, that's another team, but... I've seen Coach Staley game plan for Kansas City, and those those are some good game plans. And, and he he makes them go, you know, twenty throws to get the ball down the field. And I think that's the formula. I mean, the Bengals just somehow beat the Chiefs, just going out duel mode with with uh, with Patrick Mahomes. And you don't see that strategy work often, but Joe Burrow was able to overcome it. I think I think the Chargers have a much better defensive formula than I've seen most teams, and especially the Bengals just had. Jack, it'll be my first time to Allegiant. Money, have you been to Allegiant Stadium? No, no, we were shut out last year, remember? We couldn't go. Yeah, we couldn't yeah. go last year. So this will be our first time. I know you've been there when it's a packed house. Just describe the atmosphere and then what you're anticipating Sunday night especially. It's it's a very different atmosphere. I'll be honest with you. And, and we've been to all of them, man. I, You know, we were in SoFi a handful of times. Hopefully be back out there in your, in your guys' homeland come Super Bowl time. We'll see what happens with all that. Yeah. Uh, but just – 
the environment there was very interesting because I thought you had fans from everywhere and you definitely have Vegas fans, but there was a heavy, it was a Chiefs game that we were there for. You had a whole lot of Chiefs fans too. And then you had people who were there just to place bets, right? Who just had a betting interest. And uh, it's got a really cool feel pulling up to it because it's the all black stadium. Like what the heck am I even pulling into? And then when you get inside of it, they close these black curtains so that you just see the field and I don't, I don't know. It's a very different feeling dome than any of them. It doesn't feel like Lucas Oil. It doesn't feel like the Minnesota. It doesn't feel like SoFi. It's got its own identity. And honestly, in a lot of ways, it's it's perfect feeling for Vegas. It's perfect feeling for Vegas. And that outdoor set that we have there, it gets crazy with all the people walking off the strip. So it's one of our favorite places to go. How uh, how surprised are you that that we're here right now, Jack, that, it's, that it comes down to Raiders and Chargers? I mean, there are so many of us that thought – man, we, we might see four teams from the AFC North, you know, just kind of the way the season played out that the Raiders were able to figure out a way to just thread that needle and get here to where we are in week 18. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Lamar Jackson getting hurt probably helped the causes for for both of those teams. You know, Ben Roethlisberger sort of falling off in terms of just his game probably helped. And then Baker Mayfield just could not get healthy either. Yeah. I know he's taking all kinds of all kinds of crap right now, but he was playing through a lot just trying to survive this season. I think he's a much better quarterback uh, than he was, but there's definitely some surprise. You know, I just just the fact that the Raiders, with all that happened in Vegas this year, that they're in this position, I think you got to give a ton of credit to Derek Carr and, you know, Crosby, some of the leadership on that team, Waller, just that they were able to battle to this point. And then, you know, like we were talking about with L.A., I, I'm not surprised at all by them. Like, I, I really thought that they would be – a win or two better than they are right now. And uh, I think it just comes down to you fast forward a year or two years in the career of Justin Herbert. He's not going to lose those games, but sometimes it just takes a bit of a learning curve. And I think we saw that. We saw that with Burrow. We saw that with Herbert. And that's why I see those similarities there. Jack, what's this year been like for you, man? It's it's awesome because we always know when it's Sunday night football, it's the biggest game. It's the biggest stage. Uh, I remember seeing you after the game with Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen on the field yeah. with Snoop and, and Rodney. <laughs> yeah. like, what has that experience been like to, to do that type of stuff? Oh, it's crazy, man. It, it, it is. It's as crazy as it looks. It is that crazy. I mean, we're hanging out in the tunnel there with Snoop and, you know, that was that was that Charger Steelers game. You start yeah, to get yeah. a lot of them mixed up, to be honest with you. But we're sitting there hanging out in the tunnel and Snoop's a huge Steelers fan. And so Snoop's rooting like hell for the Steelers to win the game. And it looked like they were going to win the game for a long time. And then they hit the game winner down the sideline. You saw Snoop kind of melt. And then he has to go talk <laughs> to the guys who just beat his Steelers. So there's there's been a lot of surreal moments. Uh, but you just try to live in them. And, I, I, you know, I just try to – I'm really good friends with Rodney, which I think helps because I could just – you know how it is. Whenever you're going through some crazy experiences, if you're doing it with a friend, it sort of helps to calm you down and just – let you live in that moment. So I've, I've sort of leaned on Rodney. And the cool thing is that all of these different cities and all of these memories, we get to share them collectively. And Big Shosky, our researcher, too. So we have stories to tell collectively, which which makes it all fun. You know, the um, Sunday Night Football is a different deal, right? It's, it's it got is. this big intro. It's, it's you're sitting around all day waiting for kick. Have you noticed, like Jack and covering it, have you noticed that certain players are just wired to, to perform at a certain level on Sunday night and maybe others just something's not right and they don't play to, to the level you expect them to. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you can just feel because we we go down on the field, you know, two segments before. So it's about, you know, 750 if we're an East Coast game, we're on the field. So you're seeing all these players warm up. There is just a different energy about it, right? We've all been to one o'clock games or four o'clock games, but when you're out there at 815, these guys know that, you know, all of their peers are watching, families, friends, you, you can just feel that. And also the buildings, right? I mean, there is a buzz and they, a lot of times you'll have it where they, you know, they roll some intro video or they shoot off fireworks. And every week I have chills before kickoff and I'll take those moments, like even at Lambeau Field where we make our pick and we have these this sort of this group that sort of walks us off the field. But I always just take a second and look around and just try to soak it in because it's you, you almost can't believe some of these cities with the fireworks going off and the fans losing their minds. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers running onto the field or Mahomes or whoever it is running onto the field. I live for that stuff. So I try not to let those moments get away. Jack, we'll, we'll get you ahead of you on this. Just what do you think? 
could decide this game on, on Sunday. The two rivals, uh, they're both good again. And, you know, the, the way that Justin has played in prime time, it's, it's in the back of my mind for sure, the, the way that he's really stepped up and risen to the occasion. Yeah, it's, I think it's going to come down to those quarterbacks. I really do. And I, I got to make a pick. And we got a we got a heated pick battle between Drew Brees <laughs> and Tarico and all those guys. And it, and it matters to us. And so I, I all week I've already been thinking about who, which way am I leaning with this? And it's it's hard. And, you know, I, I think Carr has shown moments where he's clutch. And and that you know he's a veteran and he's going to have that experience and he's going to have that clutch and he's going to be at home and it's going to be a big game for his career and and I think he's going to feel that and shoulder a lot of that responsibility and then you look at the other side of it I think the Chargers are a little better team and I think you know Herbert has better wide receivers I don't think anybody's really arguing that point I really like Austin Eckler I like their offensive line I like Joey Bosa rushing and when when Joey Bosa turns it up to to full speed. Joey Bosa can wreck a game, right? I mean, and I think we've seen him sort of turn it up to full speed. Derwin James is healthy. Casey Hayward. So I, I like a lot of the Chargers. And then he just comes down to, are you willing to bet on Justin Herbert's clutch gene against Carr's clutch gene? Because this is going to be one of those games that comes down to the fourth quarter. And, and can you go make that final drive? And and I've been wrestling internally all week with, do I think Herbert can go make that final drive? And And I really do feel like he can. What do you guys, man? You guys agree? Yeah. I mean, you know, for for me, I, you know, we talked about a little, you know, a little bit uh, before the pod and, and I said, to me, it's, it's defense. I I feel like Herbert and the, the offense of the chargers is going to be able to outclass that defense. It just feels like they have too much. Um, And and like we saw in that first game when they went up 21, nothing and, and really just kind of stepped on their own tails a little bit and, and not making that thing a boat race for me, it's defense. You said it. You know, if Joey can turn this thing up, the O-line of the Raiders has been suspect all season. And to me, if that defensive front can can get things going, I think that's that's what it's going to come down to. Because like you said, you know, you can't you don't want this thing to be close. The last thing you want is to to plant that seed of believability in the Raiders, because like you said, I mean, look, the guy's got seven turnovers in the last three games, and yet they've won all three because they've been able to keep it close. It's just it's mm-hmm. such a weird it's such a weird team. And, and you know what? I know uh, Chris said it was last one, Jack, but I do want to ask you just because you mentioned Notre Dame a couple of times and, you know, yeah. we get a chance to be around Drew and he's as good a person as, as you'll ever see. We'd just love to know just kind of as someone who was around that team. And I think you were there when, uh, if, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I think you were there when Drew was there, Drew Tranquil, oh, well. like what you can tell us about your experience with him at Notre Dame. Alohi too, right? Alohi and Alohi Gilman too. Yeah. Oh, Gilman for sure, man. I mean, th- those are those are a couple salt of the earth guys. And I, I want to start with Drew Tranquil because he was he was a heart and soul. He was a heartbeat of the team when he was there, and it, and it was offense, defense, coaching staff. Like people would come to Drew to get a sense of the heartbeat of the team. And even since he's left the program, he still represents a little bit of that. Like when we were going through the coaching search, and Brian Kelly left. I mean, he was one of the first people that they were referring to, right? And he's got a good relationship with Coach Freeman, who's the new head coach coming in. So he, he's just one of those guys. And, and even when he you know, tore his ACL on the celebration, it was a second knee injury, and it was as low as it could have been. And everyone's going, and that's it. And you're not going to see him you know, probably play football again, at least not play football at that level with that many substantial injuries to that knee. And he just battled right back, and he's right back on the field. Now he's a position change. He's putting on weight, and he's flying around at linebacker. He's one of my favorite NFL players to watch just because I know how hard it's been for him to be in this position. To continue to evolve himself and his game to be at the highest level is what I admire most about Drew. And ask some of his teammates about him. He's about as good of a teammate as you'll find. Yeah, he's uh, and he's been exceptional this year, no doubt about. It. He is like that when he got inserted, and it was him and Kaiser White. Man, that really changed this defense, specifically the run defense. He's he's so smart, he's so fast, he's athletic. Man, I don't know if there's a better like. Yeah. I truly don't believe there's a better player at timing up blitz. Like it is uncanny where he is the moment that ball is snapped when he's coming on a blitz. It's crazy to watch. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's the evolution of that position, right? Because it's yeah. it's no longer about can you have a six three 
260 pound linebacker that can run stuff. It's can you fly sideline to sideline? Can you cover? Can you blitz and get there? Like you're saying, and I think he's a combination of being that new age linebacker with athleticism and speed, but he's super smart. And safeties a lot of times are lining up the coverages and getting everybody in position. And he's taking that knowledge to the linebacker spot. And it's a scary combination. Yeah. And he, he's going to be a, a big piece to this defense, hopefully Sunday. He did not play against the Broncos. I think yeah. he was a limited participant earlier in the week. So that's certainly something to watch as we get closer to Sunday. Jack, you're the man. Really appreciate your time and can't wait to see you on the field Sunday night. Thank you guys for having me. Really appreciate it. Maybe get a cup of coffee or a drink one day out there in L.A. Uh, around the Super Bowl. Appreciate it, Absolutely. Guys. Thanks, Jack. All right, Money. I always ask you at the end of the podcast, your keys to the game. Uh, what's your key? Do the Chargers get into the postseason? I'm just going to take my my key on a cue from Joey Bosa. You know, he gets shook. Derek Carr does. He does not like getting hit. And that offensive line has been leaky all year. They've been trying to find a place for, for Alex Leatherwood, and he's the Waldo. Find him, go get him. And I will not be surprised in the least if, if Joey is moving all over that defensive line. We've seen how much better this team is with Justin Jones on the D-line. you got Linball Joseph and just that rotation at end with Chris Rumpf and Chenna and Fackrell to have that back, not to mention Derwin coming flying off the edge three, four times a game. To me, that's it. If if you can get to Carr, he just, I, I'm in the Joey Bosa camp on this one. I know that he's got, you know, we talked about it repeatedly with all our guests. He's got these 29 fourth quarter wins if you let him hang around, but he doesn't, he's just, something happens to him. And, and I think that's the key. You got to get to him by any means necessary. You know, I feel like the secondary played their best game that we've seen all season long last week. I know it was Drew Locke and a banged up Broncos team, but I, I've got faith that the secondary, as long as they stay whole, they're going to be able to hold up, you know, for that extra beat to allow those pass rushers to get to them. So to me, I think the offense is going to score points. I have confidence in the offense against this Raiders D, even though they've, you know, put up pretty really good numbers these last three weeks. Chargers is a they're a different deal than a banged up Browns team, you know, a Drew Lock led Broncos team and a Colts team that really has not thrown the ball that well this year at all. It's been great defense takeaways, Jonathan Taylor, very one dimensional offense for the most part. That's not the Chargers. So I feel like the offense is going to get theirs. Defense, get at, you know, gotta get after that ass. That's what it is. <laughs> and that, that wins this game. <laughs> I'm not worried about the Chargers offense either. This is a game the defense is going to have to win them. And yeah. you said get after Carr, but also uh, we saw the problems they had third down defense really all year. And then, and then stopping the run. They remedied that last week against Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. They got after Drew Locke and they were good on third down. If they can kind of carry that over into Vegas you're packing that Justin Herbert led offense and a special teams that's clicking right now with Andre Roberts getting them good field position if the defense shows up money I think they're going to the postseason man 100% I'm with you all right guys that's going to do it for us I think money alluded to this at the beginning I think we're going to see some powder blue at at Allegiant Stadium so if you are there come say hey to us a big one on Sunday night for Matt Money Smith I'm Chris Havery